This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, part five of This Matters, with a message entitled, The Office Matters. Whoever you might be, God has given you a platform that you can use to show His love. School, factory job, part-time or full-time, doctor, business owner. No matter what you do, you're there for a purpose. Today's message is coming from our Elk River campus pastor, Brian Talso. Let's listen to his message right now. Today we're going to look at part five of our series, a message we've entitled, The Office Matters. Now as we talk about the office today, I want us to think in the, the context of Yes, your job, um, but also think in the context of your home. It might be your school. It might be the businesses that you are running. And so you might be here today. You might be joining us online, and you might be a middle school or high school or a college student. You might be a full-time employee working at a factory job. You might be working part-time in the services industry. You might be a, a professional here. You might be in the medical world, education world. You might be working in government. You might be working for the city. I, I don't know. You might be here today. You're a retiree and you have all kinds of time on your hands as we speak. Or maybe you're a small business owner or even a stay-at-home parent. And so whoever you might be here today, you and I, we've been given a platform, and that platform is someplace and somewhere where we can worship God from, amen? And so I'm excited to dive into this today. Uh, for our mission statement, it says, for everyone to know Jesus, to grow together, and to live with purpose. We have been placed here because there's purpose of why we're here. You know there's purpose of why you're breathing this today? And it's exciting to know that we can do this together, and so our goal and our objective today is to really unpack this to see that our work truly does matter. It matters to God, and it definitely should matter to those around us as well. And so if you got your Bible, why don't you go ahead and open it up. We're gonna look at Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 together. It says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you, take, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now I love this because automatically off the top, God levels the playing field. I am here today breathing, you're here today in the seats because we are made new in Christ. We are here by the grace of God and we've been created anew in Christ Jesus and we get to do the things that God has prepared for us. Turn to the person next to you and say, we get to. Now I understand that we're talking in the context of our work, or it might be our school, it might be the home, and there's sometimes we may say, we have to do this. Do I have to parent today? Do I have to go to school today? Do I have to go to my work, right? But no, we get to, and we're gonna unpack this in a minute here, but we all been given the same amount of time every single day, right? Uh, you've been given 24 hours today. Uh, I've been given 24 hours, and that equates also to us having 168 hours in an any given week. And as of 2017, just a couple years old here, but according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average American works 44 hours in a given week, which is roughly, it's 8.8 .8 hours per day. And, uh, and that article then goes on to say that Americans would even work upwards to even 50 hours a week, all right? 
So that's almost a third of our time that we have in any given week. How many of you know another third of that is spent sleeping? Come on, somebody, hallelujah. A couple of you are yawning as I actually said that. But sleep matters. I know Passionate, our lead pastor, tends to say the difference between hope and despair is what? Eight hours of sleep, yep, so it's important. So sleep matters. We know that our, our relationships matter, our family matters, our, our friends matter. Your leisure activities matter. What we do here on Sundays and on Wednesdays, they absolutely matter. What you do in your connect group matters as well. But if we've been given a third of our time that goes towards work, I mean, we, we can't lie to ourselves. There's gotta be something that we gotta lean a little bit more towards the tendency to say, well, then our work, something about, it, it must matter because I spent a lot of my time there. I spent a lot of time in my home. I spent a lot of time in my school. And so we gotta lean towards the importance of recognizing that our work truly does matter. We're gonna start at the beginning here in Genesis. And at the beginning, we find uh, the framework of work. And uh, we begin to unpack of why work matters. And so look at Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, maybe like given us this last weekend here, uh, it's been beautiful. It's very easy to go outside and see God's handiwork and uh, the splendor of the sunrise and the sunsets and the changing of the leaves and going to those apple orchards that probably half the church probably went to this weekend, right? It's just been so beautiful. So it's very easy to look at the spectacularness of who God is as he's created the universe, but humans, we are different from all other created things. You and I, we've been made in the image of God. We learned uh, when we talked in the week of noticing that you matter in Psalm 139, it says that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made, amen? And so I love this because uh, you weren't just spoken into being, uh, you weren't just snapped into being, but instead, God took the time and he bent down on his knee and he began to put that dirt together, right? We're dirt. <laughs> we're dirt, right? But we're holy dirt, how's that? He formed that dirt and he's got his fingerprints all over that dirt and then he breathed life into us. So we've been made in his image and you and I have all kinds of different attributes we have different characteristics that are part of who we are that are there because of the DNA of Christ in our life. Now, I get it, we have, <laughs> we have some of those things that don't always match up with what God may look like, but we're working on it, right? We're a work in progress, right? And, so, uh, and we do know God to be that a God of, who's loving, he's compassionate, he's sovereign, he is holy and powerful. But in Genesis here, we first see that God is working. He's working, he's busy creating things. He's busy forming things. He's providing order to the world and the universe around him. And so we see that God is a worker. Look at Genesis two, two through three. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And so remember, one of the very first glimpses that we see of God is that he's working. 
So much so that he's even made work to be a part of his created universe. And he also says this as he brings Adam and Eve into fruition. Look at Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Jumping to chapter two, verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. So God has created man, and what does he do? He puts him in the garden, and he gives him a job. Your job, your home, your school, my job, my home, my kids, it's a garden where God has planted us. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we're taking care of it, we're tending to it, and we are doing everything that we can do to make sure that we're cultivating it in one way, shape, or form. Now work is a gift from God. Turn to the person next to you and say it's a gift. Now I know many of you today are probably saying, no, Pastor Brian, I don't feel like my work is a gift at all. <laughs> you may be here today saying, you don't know my kids, because me as a stay-at-home parent, you don't know my kids. I do know they are a gift from the Lord, but today, they seem like they're demon-possessed, or whatever it might be, right? Or you don't know my school, Pastor Brian, and so I don't know if that is a true gift from God. Let me just say that it is a gift from God, because work was not the curse, right? As we looked at that, this is before the fall, so work is not meant to be a punishment. Okay, work is not meant to be a punishment. It's not supposed to be a place of agony or resentment or any kind of pain whatsoever. Work is not the curse. We do know that sin came into the picture, right? And we do know that caused work to be complicated by hardship and, and, and frustration, but work is a good thing. School is a good thing. Us trying to be parents is a good thing. It's what we are designed for. It is a blessing and it's an expression of our divine identity with God. Now many of us, we remember growing up and we always, from a young age, someone would always say, hey Billy, what do you wanna be when you grow up, right? We all remember hearing that and kinda of going, what do I wanna be, a fireman, a police officer, a teacher, or whatever it might be, we have all those answers. Then it's also reinforced that when you, get, when you graduate and people come to your open house, they're saying, so what are you gonna do with your life? You know, it's kinda of like, well, it's not like my life didn't you know, mean anything now, but I guess now that you put it that way, I guess I'll start living, you know? So, uh, but we kind of have that reinforced there as well. There's a reason for that. I mean, it's in our nature. You and I have been put together and we've been designed a purpose. It's why we exist. And every single one of us, there's this innate desire to make a difference in the world around us. And so this work that's been assigned by God to Adam and Eve, it then becomes their place of worship to God. Your work, your home, your school, your business that's been given to you, it's been put there and you're there for a reason and it helps us to make a difference in this world. And so today, in the framework here, we are all made in the image of God. Work is a good thing. So work is a good thing, right? We're made in the image of God who then happen to be teachers who then happen to be nurses and CEOs and bus drivers and YouTube extraordinaires or whatever it might be, but we're first and foremost made in the image of God. And so if we use this biblical framework, uh, I want us to consider three things today in how to make your office better. All right, number one, see your workplace as an opportunity and not a problem. Have you ever realized before 
Uh, it oftentimes seems like it's really easy to see our home or our school, our business or a job from a negative standpoint. Uh, Mom, Dad, I, I, I don't like school. Do I have to get up? And you're slowly rolling out of bed. And, and yes, you gotta get up. And the kids then hear their parents say, I hate work. Do I really gotta get up out of bed here? And you know, the, the traffic is absolutely horrible. My coworkers are a pain in my neck. And there's so much gossip that happens in the break room. And my, my school hallways are so cramped. I can't even move. And there's so much disrespect there. And there's so much bullying taking place. And maybe as a, a parent, you're, you're here today and you're saying, you don't know my kids. Uh, it's hard for me to not to think in a negative way because they're always cranky, they're crabby, they don't listen. I feel like I can't even take them anywhere at all, right? Or you might be a business owner, you might be saying, it's just so hard to find good work. But let's stop seeing our workplace as a problem and let's start seeing it as an opportunity because how we see and how we approach our work or our assignment or our platform for that matter, how we see that and how we approach that determines what kind of effort we put into it. Now before I came a pastor here at Emmanuel, I used to paint cars uh, and uh, I liked my job most of the time. Uh, but I used it as a job because I wanted to make money. There was definitely some bills that had to get paid. And, um, but it was at the same time that I was doing uh, schooling to become a pastor. And so uh, how many of you know when you're at a job and you'd rather be doing something else, you're kind of like, well, I, I'm here, I'm working, but I would rather be doing this, right? And so, but uh, God is preparing me and I did my daily things. I would you know, do the body work on the vehicles, do the sanding, put the Bondo in there and paint the cars and then buff them afterwards. And so it just became this job that I liked but I didn't like. And I kept reminding God, I'm only here for a short season because remember you've called me to be a pastor, right? You remember that God? Because I'm remembering it and I'm reminding of you that even today, right now, right? And so we have all these different things in our life and so uh, my motivation was not there. I began to see all the problems around me, what the coworkers were doing, the problems I saw that existed from the top down. I began to be, be the one to complain and, and just feel like, why am I here? I don't wanna be here. And I specifically remember God saying to me, because I was ready to say, God, I'm ready. I, I, I got my credentials, I'm ready to go pastor and uh, he says, you're not ready yet. And I'm like going, what do you mean I'm not ready yet? I'm like ready, I just did my schooling, I'm ready. The world's not ready for me yet. <laughs> I'm ready to go preach Jesus and see the whole, you know, the whole community one for Jesus. You're not ready, God. <laughs> he says, you're not ready yet. Long story short, I began to just embrace my role. I began to embrace my assignment, embrace the platform that God had given to me in that moment, in that story, in that season, that chapter of my life, and as I did, my perspective changed, and I viewed it not from all the problems, but the opportunities that were there before me. And my motivation began to change, and I put a different kind of effort into it. And then I began to look at all the things that I needed to do as an employee, go out and find more work, it was commission-based, and I had to go to all the different dealerships and go find this and go find that and try to be a salesman at the same time. And so, slow but sure, I began to climb up in, in, in revenue, and next thing I know, I was in the top five uh, one of the five, top five painters in the entire country. Uh, so I even got to paint uh, Minnesota Twins' Kent Herbeck's Denali, right? And so, uh, awesome, awesome opportunity. I love baseball too, by the way. So it was an awesome opportunity, but there was this moment that I just realized I need to embrace what I already have, the workplace, and look at it as an opportunity and not a problem. In Romans 12, one, 
It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. If you think about it, our work is ultimately an offering to the Lord. It's a place in which we can worship him from. And I get it because also along the way, there's all kinds of opportunities. There's opportunities for character development. There's opportunities for you to continue to grow in the skills and to sharpen those things and to hone in on what you're there for. And there's ways in how we can act and react and learn how to get better at doing that and to learn how to problem solve. And how many of you know promotion comes with the job that you already have? I remember in that moment of painting cars, I'm like, well, I'm ready, God, I'm ready for this promotion. I just got my, my license to preach, I'm ready to go. God says, be faithful in the little here. Promotion comes with the job you already have. And so I went from painting cars to realize then that the boss, the owner of the company was starting to send people my way because he liked how I was doing my work so he wanted others to train underneath of me. Isn't that interesting how that works? I knew that God wanted to use me to be around people and to speak life into people. And so because of that, he started sending people through training. And next thing you know, I'm pastoring. And then I get to pastor up at Elk River. And I'm excited about that and all that God is doing. And so let's look at it as an opportunity, not a problem. Look at Luke 6.10. If you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And so whatever we do with the very little bit that we have, whether you like it or not, determines what we get later. And you might be here today and you might be in between jobs and you don't have a job right now, I encourage you to look for opportunities then and how you can serve here at the church. Maybe how you can volunteer at your kid's school or volunteer even if you don't have kids, to volunteer at the local food shelter or whatever it might be. There's something we can do to look for opportunities and not just look at all the problems around us. Be faithful in the little. If our work is done for just promotion, if we're doing it just for recognition or some kind of advancement, I believe that we're always gonna be discouraged. We're gonna always be disappointed. And God is worthy of our doing great things for him each and every day as an act of worship and praise. And if these things are true, right, if they're true about our work and what we do every single day, then the change most needed isn't that of a different environment. The change that's needed the most is in how we think about it. We ought to pray that God would transform our mind because I may not be liking my work right now. I might not be liking my school right now, but if we pray that God would transform our mind. Romans 12, two, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so when we're in those moments where we think that God is at, not at work with us, we may think that he's not even interested in how our parenting or how, uh, how our school is, then we've bought into the worldly perspective rather than the biblical one. And we need to be, trans be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can look at what the Bible says that work truly does matter. And the gospel gets inside of each and every one of us, something's just gotta move. It's gotta shake us a little bit so it changes our perspective. Perhaps the reason you are in an office with people who have very little to no regard for God, or maybe the way that they even are working is because they struggle with the motivation to work. Perhaps the reason there's so much stress at your workplace or in your school 
is because people don't have anything other than work to trust in. And so really what needs to happen is maybe God has placed you there to be a thermostat so that you can help adjust the conditions rather than being the thermometer that just tells what the situations are and the, in, in, the conversations that are happening around you. It's the thing looking to say, God, why have you placed me here? Because I want to reflect what you are doing in my life. I want to help to be, adjust the, the circumstances around me, to adjust the, the conditions around me. Let me just say something this about the Sabbath. In creation, God set up a rhythm for labor and rest. You have six days of work and one day of rest. And I really believe that this rhythm expresses more than just a, 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 a sensible pattern for us to follow. It really sets up a holy pattern. You might be here today and you might be working a ton. But if all we do is work, then we aren't receiving the replenishment from God. Are you only living your life for the weekend, right? We all know the song, everybody's working for the week. Okay, all right, you guys, I trust that you do know what I was singing there. Are you living your life only for the weekend or are you living your weekend as a place in which you are refueling? You are feeling refreshed and renewed so that you can go back to work. Listen closely, our work is not just so we can relax from work but to relax so we can get back to work, back to the mission that God has called us to. Again, our weekend is not just so we can relax from work, but to relax so we can get back to work, back to the mission that God has called us to. And if we can do that, and I believe that we can, that we will be able to bring purpose to our office and we can be able to see it as an opportunity, amen? The second way to make the office matter, number two, add value to the organization and to everyone around you. You know, it's not always so, so much what you can get from work. I get it, I need a paycheck. I get it, I, I love my paid time off. I get it that uh, we may be looking for promotion, but it's not always what we can get from work, it's what we can give. So the question, how can you add value to your work? How can you add value at your home? How can you add value at your school or your place of employment or your, your place of business? How can you add value to your kids or grandkids that you're taking care of? How can you add value to your community? Remember, again, our framework. You and I are made in the image of God. And we know that when Jesus came to this earth, he says, I wanna give life to those around me. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I love the second part. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Wherever Jesus went, he spoke life into everyone that he was around. He gave life to those that were around him. And so you and I, we have the opportunity to add value. We can speak life into those around us. Last time I checked, I think in our workplaces, in our schools, in our home, in the community that we live in, there's a lot of life that can be spoken into people. Mother Teresa said this, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. Add value to your workplace, church. Add value to your coworkers, your boss, your school, your teachers, your family members that may be around you. You can make a difference and make your office matter, and you can do that when you bring value to everyone around you. Lastly, the third way and how we can make the office matter is live on mission. Say that with me, live on mission. You may say, why am I here? Why do I exist? Why am I breathing? 
You are here because Jesus has sent you here. In Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus didn't say you could be salt. He's he's not even saying here that, what if you were light? He says you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. As we know in the ancient world, salt was primarily used as a preservative and Jesus is likening us as salt. Very easily we could sit here and we could complain, right, about how the world is falling apart, how it's slowly rotting away. But we are to be on mission to delay the decaying process because we are a preserving factor. We need to view ourselves that way. And so our tendency might be to point fingers at Hollywood or point fingers at the television or all the ads that we see on social media. It might be corporate headquarters or the educational world or the government for the decay of our culture. But maybe, maybe the problem is that there's just not enough salt. That's one way to look at it. We are not just to do a job, even though that is very important that we do what's been asked of us to do but we are to be on mission with Jesus. And again, remember our framework. Our identity implies influence. And so salt and light are not just to be distinct from their environment, they have the power to influence their environment. Light is meant to shine into darkness. I love that we can all come here today and shine our bright lights, thank you. And that's great, right? I'm encouraged and I grow in faith when I get to come together with you, but our lights are meant to shine in darkness. It is to be set upon a lampstand to give light to the environment around it. And so Jesus is saying, look, look what I have done in your life. Look what I want to do in your life because I made you and you have intrinsic value and I've placed you to where I've placed you in your home, your school, at your workplace. I have put you there and I've turned your life upside down and I want to drop you in the midst of this dark and depraved world and I've put you down into Spring Lake Park. I've put you at Maple Grove and I've put you in the cities around Elk River for a reason because I need some lights into the workplaces, into the schools, into the businesses, into the families. We need to remember this is Colossians 3.23. Work willingly. That's a good word. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.